Welcome to the Endpoints Podcast, presented by the ALS Therapy Development Institute. I'm Jonathan Gang. After an ALS diagnosis, it can be hard to know where to turn. There are doctors and clinics that offer medical support, and service organizations that can help with getting equipment and things like securing travel to medical appointments. There are advocacy groups that work to change policies to help people with ALS, and research organizations like ALS TDI that are leading the way in finding treatments to end the disease. However, Steve Coughlin recognized a gap in what was out there after he was diagnosed with ALS in 2019. As a deeply religious man, he felt the need for spiritual support to face what lay ahead of him, and when he couldn't find an established group that could provide it, he started one himself. Thus, the ALS Family of Faith was born. The group connects people, both religious and non-religious, with trained chaplains who can provide them with spiritual and emotional support as they navigate the challenges of living with ALS. Steve joins us today on Endpoints to discuss his story and the mission of the ALS family of faith. So um, just to get started, I guess I'll give you a little bit of background on who I am, but uh, um, I uh, have always been from the Midwest grew up in the state of Ohio. And then after school, uh, after attending Bowling Green in Ohio, I went to work for Price Waterhouse in, uh, in uh, Michigan, in Detroit, Michigan. And, and um, lo and behold, about, uh, oh, probably about six years later, I decided to um, go ahead and and get into my own business. And, uh, and that is an area of uh, non-qualified benefits and executive benefits and and uh, director benefits and that type of thing and and then um, migrated over to Chicago in 1986 and have been here ever since um, and um, about uh, 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 about 20 years ago I got married for the first time and only time and and uh, now have three precious children that are ages 19 18. And uh, just 16. Uh, so um, uh, then, uh, um, as I got into the area of non-qualified benefits, uh, I decided to start uh, my own company. So I've had that for golly, for about 35 years, and then um, and then just about two years ago, sold the company off, and uh, sort of. Uh, just working uh, part-time, so to speak, as I migrate through this crazy disease of ALS. Steve first began showing the early symptoms of ALS in 2019. I started getting fasciculations or twitches in my, in my chest, in my neck, in my face, and, and um, to some extent my arms as well. And, and I'm going, what in the world is all this? And it was especially prevalent in my chest. And I'm going, it's almost like I'm wondering if I have a heart murmur or something like that. And, and I said, no, I can't. I mean, you know, my blood pressure is good. My, my, um, uh, heart rate is good. And, and I've always been very active from a working out perspective and so on. And, but I said, you know what, I need to go check this out. So, uh, I went up to Mayo in, um, November of 2018. And uh, as I was in Mayo, they, uh, I was sharing with them what was going on, and they were doing all kinds of tests over about a three-day period. And at the end of those three days, the guy, uh, the doctor called me in and said, uh, Steve, we're not exactly sure what you have yet, 
but we think it may be ALS. And I had no earthly clue what ALS was. And, and of course, I've heard of Lou Gehrig's disease, but uh, did not know what that was. And then um, uh, went back in in uh, April of 2019 to have further testing. And on April 23rd, 2019, uh, after that further testing, the doctor called me in and literally it was probably a 60 to 90 second conversation. That was it. He said, Steve, got ALS, got two to three years to live, go home and get your, your uh, house in order. <laughs> that was it. So, so in any event, I was there by myself and, uh, I just didn't know what to do or, or who to call or any of that. And uh, so I wanted to tell my family about it, but I didn't want to do it long distance. So um, I had uh, called my wife um, and let her know what was going on. But then I wanted to break the news to my children in person. So, um, uh, you know, I went home from there and shared shared the news with them and and was very reluctant on sharing the news with anybody else at that time because I just wanted to figure out what this disease was, what it meant, you know, and so on and so forth. After his diagnosis, Steve connected with his local chapter of the ALS Association, who helped him navigate the early stages of his diagnosis. However, he eventually found himself in need of a deeper kind of support. I um, was looking for ways to connect with somebody that could literally, you know, provide me with some love, some support, um, just some, some things that, you know, just sort of just to bounce things off of people. Um, and, and, uh, and I didn't want to burden my family with that necessarily, uh, cause I knew this was somewhat hurtful anyhow, and I couldn't find anything. So, um, I kept researching and then um, as, as, uh, as, uh, fate would have it, I don't believe in fate by the way, but, uh, as fate would have it, I was, um, I was out on a golf course with a buddy of mine who I've known for many years and his son and my son swam together. And so I've known him for a number of years and he's the, uh, head of, uh, Northern Seminary. And, um, I just was bouncing off of him, uh, some of the thoughts I had relative to, finding somebody to, you know, sort of navigate this journey with. And um, he said, you know what, that sounds like an interesting idea. I want to get up with one of our guys uh, in the growth center. And, um, and so lo and behold, a few weeks later, I I got connected there. And meanwhile, I was sharing this with uh, the uh, head of the ALS association here in Chicago. And she said, wow, that's, sounds great so so um put together a group of people and started uh, the als family of faith and and you know i know some people are not people of faith and and uh and so on but um this doesn't necessarily have to be for just people who are followers of christ the last i knew jesus uh loved everyone you know not just people who loved him so in any event uh we put together this initiative and launched it about six or eight months ago called the ALS Family of Faith. And basically it's connecting, it's connecting um, uh, people afflicted with 
ALS, their their family members and or um, caretakers with people that could be there just so, to provide, really, truly just provide love and support. Um, the individuals that connect with the ALS family of faith can basically write their own agenda or script, if you will, and determine how they want this, this caretaker to walk through, or this care partner, I should say, to walk through this journey with them. And some people just want a shoulder to cry on. Some people just want to connect periodically with people and just tell them what they're going through and, and uh, just talk, just a sort of a venue to talk with somebody that who cares about them. And then, you know, some people want prayer and some people want a combination of the above. And uh, again, they write the, the individuals connecting with the ALS family of faith, write the script. And then they're connected with people who are um, very, very good at working with people. And in most cases, I think in fact, all cases, they've gone through some kind of a chaplaincy type program to get them to be able to communicate and love people. And it's, and the neat thing is it's free of charge, not a, you know, a psychologist type thing or a, or any of that a psychiatric type thing or any of that. It's really just forming relationships that can help them walk through this scary time with ALS from the time they originally connect with them, you know, until the end of their journey. Steve and his partners came up with a system where people living with ALS can come to the ALS family of faith and outline what kind of support they need and be connected with a qualified individual who can provide it. So the way it works with the care partners is the individuals get on the website, the ones that want this service or this relationships. I would say it's better, more of a relationship than a service. But you get online and put some information like, you know, name and website and contact information, that type of thing. And, and, um, and then, um, you know, within a day or two, somebody will connect back with them, sort of pairing the two. And, and then it becomes primarily a phone, phone type of a relationship. Although if they're in the vicinity of that, that individual, that might work too, that they could get together face to face. But most of it's going to be a phone discussion slash relationship um so that that's sort of the way they work and and they're again once again they're trained to be able to meet these people's needs and provide love and support for them most of our care partners have been through some kind of a uh three or four year degree on a, a secondary degree not a primary degree but a secondary degree on on uh some type of chaplaincy uh, uh or, or uh, yeah, some type of chaplaincy degree where they work with people. They know how to, they know how to love on them. They know how to, you know, be there for them. And uh, and that's a, uh, you know, so they they they're all degreed, put it that way. Well, at this point, the organization has been around for only a few months, 
Steve says he's already seen an enthusiastic response, and he's developing some lofty goals for the future. Our, our goal is that this works so well in providing what, uh, providing, um, you know, as and I have mentioned in a number of times, but the love and support with these individuals that it, it uh, serves as a platform, a tested platform for other diseases, you know, whether it be cancer or MS or MD or, you know, or Parkinson's or whatever, um, that we can, you know, we can uh, use that as a, this is a springboard into those other diseases as well. The ultimate goal is to provide these people with long-term hope. Just love, support, and ultimately hope. Um, you know, not necessarily that they'll be cured, although that's what I'm hoping for, um, but hope for all of eternity. You know, where our hope is is that, uh, that, that by connecting with these folks, they in turn uh, will love on them, give them hope, to get through this challenging time. So they're not just sitting there wallowing in their, their tears or being disappointed and that type of thing, but to really encourage them and love on them and support them and, and give them hope for the future. In addition to his great work helping others living with ALS, Steve also recently became an enthusiastic supporter of our research to end ALS at ALS TDI. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for cures or potential cures or the latest and greatest and, and trying to find treatments for ALS. And, and um, so it was only three, four weeks ago, I was looking at, online and I came across ALS DDI. And so I placed a call and, uh, and uh, Carol was kind enough to call me back the next day and we started a conversation and Sort of the rest is history, as they say. They are the world's only nonprofit biotech company that's sole mission is to find a cure for ALS. And I love that. that that's just great. And then secondly, sort of a non-technical side of things, is I could hear over the phone the desire and passion of the individuals I spoke with on, on really coming up with a cure. And, you know, and that's a huge blessing. They have people that are devoted to a cause and are passionate about a cause, not just, you know, a place to work, but are passionate about doing something. And they're, and they're working on it all the time. I always say that uh, uh, without a sense of urgency, desire loses its value. And I can detect in their voice that they have a sense of urgency on trying to figure this thing out. Of course, when it comes to a sense of urgency to help others, you can also hear it in Steve's voice. Despite his own challenges navigating ALS, he is continuing to dedicate his life to helping others through the ALS family of faith. He says it's a big part of what keeps him going. I am just hoping and praying that people, before they leave this earth, will, will know the love of Christ, quite frankly, 
um, and that they will feel loved. Um, and I just, I guess the thing that I like is I just want to make a difference, you know, somehow, some way when I get up in the morning, you know, as awful as I feel some days, I just know I need to get out of bed because I want to make a difference in somebody's life. And, um, you know, so that's my goal each day is just to get up and at least make a difference in at least one person's life today. To learn more about the ALS family of faith and how you can sign up for their services, visit their website at alsfamilyoffaith.center. To learn more about ALS TDI and how you can support our research to end ALS, visit ALS.net. Thanks for listening.